I want to start with a story that perhaps you've heard before. A little girl around four or five years old goes into her little brother's room where he is laying in his crib. And the parents overhear her say to him, tell me what God looks like because I forget. This little story has been passed around numerous times and I think it's told and retold for the very reason that it comes to my attention today. That as we grow up, we forget who we are and whose we are. Or at least there's the temptation to forget. Growing up, though, is what we're meant to do, it seems. And I know that as a mother of four children, I felt like that was part of the role that I was supposed to do, is to help them grow up. I've done that to various degrees of success, as I know all of you have. There's no manual for this, and um, even if there was, it wouldn't take into account all of the variables that come into play that any of us might face. So we do our best. One of the things that was important for me is for the kids to contribute to our daily life, even from a very young age, something known as chores, a topic that I know parents often discuss with one another, how it is you do it. How, what's your version of doing chores? And I have not ever had the time or the capacity to keep up with the nuances of this. So early on, I set in motion something that now even continues some 15 years later. And that is that everyone has a daily chore, and you have that daily chore for two years. It started in kindergarten, kindergarten and first grade, it was setting the table. Because you know, I want to give a chore that I don't have to go back and fix. I don't want help that ends up not being very helpful. And setting the table was something that could be mastered by a five-year-old and a six-year-old, and it was met with great gumption there at the start. For second and third grade, it's unloading the dishwasher. When you reach fourth grade, you now make your own lunch. I haven't been making anyone's lunch for over three years now. You always make your own lunch, Saturday and Sunday too. You add a new daily chore when you're in seventh grade, that's washing the pots and pans, those things that don't fit in the dishwasher. In 10th and 11th grade, you load the dishwasher, which you know takes a skill set, right? There is a way that it's to be done. We can, we can talk about that later if you want. And then in 12th grade, you do your own laundry. So this little passage of, of um, practice has helped people start to master various things, and, um, but it, it didn't eliminate what I had hoped it would eliminate, which was whining. There's still been whining all these years. Because you know what? Nobody really wants to do the daily chores. But hello, I know the feeling. I don't want to do them either. But they have to get done. And one of the things that has been a byproduct of this practice, which I did not expect, is that we've come to know ourselves as family. We've recognized our reliance upon each other. That your job makes a difference in my life, and my job makes a difference in yours. And that every day, it requires all of us to be the family that we are. I didn't expect that as an outcome of this practice. I think that's part of growing up is to recognize our relationships, our interconnectedness. We notice a mature person by their ability to remember that they are not autonomous, 
that their actions actually affect other people. We learn over the years as we grow up how other people's actions affect us and how it is we want to respond to them, right? This is a lifelong journey. So part of growing up is knowing our interrelatedness, the understanding that we are not autonomous, that we aren't individuals, that we can't just make a decision because it suits us and carry on from there, that what we do actually affects one another. And that's the invitation to us as God's children, to remember ourselves, to remember who we are as God's sons and daughters, made so by Jesus, who brings it to our attention, our relatedness. Perhaps that's what people were repenting of when they came to John the Baptist. I wonder what it is that they were doing when they entered into John's baptism. Why did they even want to? I wonder if John helped people begin to recognize the ways that they had been hurt and are hurting others because of their desire to see themselves as standalone creations. Maybe that's what drew them into repentance. And so as Christian people in this day and age, as ones who are post-resurrection, we're able to see that it is in drawing our attention and focus on God in Christ that we remember who we are and that we remember whose we are and we remember our relationship with one another. We fool ourselves, I think, and perhaps that's the greatest sin of all into thinking that we're autonomous, that we're individuals, that we are a product of our own making, that what we do affects only us or others only to the extent that we imagined it would. Maybe that's the greatest sin that ability to fool ourselves. Because there you cannot take the parent out of the child. And how quickly and easily we forget that. How quickly and easily we forget that God is in us, each one, just simply by our createdness. We're not the fullness of God as individuals, but together we reflect the fullness of God. If you think about this even in your own families, you can see the family resemblance that comes through. But you can't separate it out. Thinking of yourself, you're the child of someone. You can't take out the mother and the father parts. They're all there in together, knit together so tightly that there's no line of separation. If you are parents and you have children, the same is true. Looking at them, you can see some things maybe that resemble one parent or another, but you can't take it apart. Perhaps Graham and Kayla have their father's nose or their mother's smile or their aunt's eyes, but you can't separate it out anymore. So you see, it is with God in each of us. God, through the very act of creating us, has imparted God's self in us. And we are called to remember that. Our baptismal covenant gives us the opportunity to live into that memory, to remember that we are a part of the household of God. The covenant is not a list of rules that we're supposed to keep to be in good favor, but they're kind of like our chores, the things that we do that remind us of our interconnectedness, the things that we do on a daily basis to remind us that we are part of a family, something bigger than ourselves. 
In each of us, God has placed his likeness. He has made us in his image. And our job throughout our days is to grow into that likeness. God's image in each of us calls forth to be reflected in the world. And so when we baptize Graham and Kayla this morning, even though they don't live within commuting distance from St. Stephen's, they are part of the greater household of God because we are part of the greater household of God. We might consider ourselves members of St. Stephen's, but this is not where it starts or ends. God is within each of us because God wants to be. And God desires that we allow that to grow more fully and more completely for God's glory, for God's goodness to be known in the world. So perhaps that's our challenge in this day, in this week, in this 2018 year, to take time to remember on a daily basis who we are, whose we are, to turn our face to Christ so that we can have the strength and the capability to love one another as God loved us, whatever circumstances the day might bring. God longs for us to discover God's self in us, each one. And so I hope that as we remember our baptismal covenant today, you might hear it as God's invitation to each of you to live more fully in who God has made you to be, the goodness of God made known in each of you. Amen.